What's up, everyone? I'm Joe Pompliano, and this is The Joe Pomp Show. Today, we're going to be talking about an investment firm that many of you probably haven't ever heard of. This firm has raised more than $400 million in capital, and they're using that money to invest in promising young athletes for a share of their future earnings. Now, some people call this type of investing exploitative, while others say speculative investing in athletes has been going on for decades, and it's nothing new. But today, I'm going to arm you with all the information you need to draw your own conclusion. This is a really fascinating topic, and I think this episode is going to blow your mind. So thank you all so much for listening, and let's get right into it. All right, so if you've been watching sports on TV or social media or wherever over the last few weeks, you've probably heard the name Ellie De La Cruz. He's one of baseball's most exciting prospects right now. He's a 21-year-old shortstop that was signed out of the Dominican Republic for just $65,000 in 2018. But De La Cruz was recently called up to the major leagues after batting 304 with 31 doubles, 28 home runs, and 86 RBIs last year and he has not disappointed. He started his MLB career with a six-game hit streak, and he even hit a 458-foot home run that left his bat at 114.8 miles per hour and nearly exited the stadium in Cincinnati. Put simply, De La Cruz is a star. He hits the ball harder than anyone else, he is faster than anyone else, and he should make hundreds of millions of dollars playing professional baseball, barring any injuries. But here's the part you probably didn't know. Ellie De La Cruz signed a contract with a company called Big League Advantage in 2018, which provided him with a cash loan in exchange for 10% of everything he makes on the field during his MLB career. And De La Cruz isn't the only one. Big League Advantage has agreements with several MLB All-Stars, including Fernando Tatis Jr. and Jazz Chisholm Jr. And they also work with multiple NFL players too, like Miles Murphy, the 28th overall pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, and Nolan Smith, the 30th overall pick in the 2023 NFL Draft. But how does this model work? And is it even legal? Well, let's dive in. The Big League Advantage story starts in 2008. After a four-year career at the University of Virginia, Michael Schwimmer was drafted in the 14th round of the MLB Draft. Schwimmer signed with the Philadelphia Phillies for just $5,000. He then played six years of professional baseball, four in the minor leagues, and two in the major leagues. His major league stats read like this. He played in 47 games, pitched 48.2 innings, had a win-loss record of 3-2, and two, a 4.62 ERA, and recorded 52 strikeouts. Again, a short stint in the major leagues, but at least two years he was there with the Philadelphia Phillies. But he retires in 2011 due to a season-ending shoulder surgery. And he wasn't sure what he wanted to do next. So Schwimmer had interned for a private equity firm in college, and he was very good with numbers. But he spent most of his time thinking about baseball and wanted to start his own business. So what does he do? Schwimmer's at home, and he fires up Excel, and he starts gathering any data that he can find available online. He didn't know how he would raise money, how he would hire employees, or how he would even get clients. But he kept going on his models until he found a statistical advantage that he thought he could exploit. And that's when Big League Advantage was born. The concept behind Big League Advantage is simple. They pay minor league baseball players an upfront payment in exchange for a percentage of their future MLB earnings. I'm going to read you their policy directly off their website because it's very clear about how they work and I think it'll be helpful in the context of this conversation. The quote reads, players choose what percentage of their future career earnings they want to give to Big League Advantage. 
For example, Big League Advantage may offer a player $50,000 for every 1% of his future professional earnings. If a player wanted to sign a deal for 5%, he would receive $250,000. If he wanted to sign a deal for 10%, he would receive $500,000. While our offer amounts are non-negotiable, the percentage the player would like to give up is decided by the player. The exact amount of money offered for each 1% of future professional earnings will vary. So in the simplest terms possible, here's what an average deal for Big League Advantage would look like. A minor league player would give up 8% of their future earnings and receive $350,000 in cash. So again, what they're doing is they're essentially taking an upfront cash payment now in return or in exchange for a percentage of their future Major League Baseball earnings. But here's the kicker. Some people will say, so it's a loan. Well, not really. Players are only required to pay back the money to Big League Advantage if they make it to the major leagues. But if they never make it to the major leagues and they only play in the minor leagues, they never have to pay back a cent. Okay, so everyone's got that, right? Big League Advantage gives you cash up front for a percentage of your future earnings. But if you don't make it to the major leagues, you don't owe any of that money back. So they could give you $350,000 for 8% of your MLB earnings, and you could spend 10 years in the minor leagues and never make it to the major leagues, never get another deal, and you don't owe them any of that money back. You get to keep all $350,000. That's how the deal works. But this is, for one obvious reason, their business model. Big League Advantage runs on a business model that is more like a venture capital firm than a traditional bank. They have a team of 40 employees using proprietary predictive analytic models to try and find inefficiencies in the baseball rankings. And they agree to 100 plus deals each year, hoping that the winners can pay for the losers. So again, 100 deals a year from 2016 to 2023, they've invested in over 500 baseball players. Only about 100 of those, so call it 20% of those players, have made it to the major leagues. And if we really think about this in context of like what Major League Baseball entails today, some of those 100 players that accepted deals from Big League Advantage and made it to the majors obviously only stay for a cup of coffee and never make any real money. But still, that doesn't matter to Big League Advantage because they are focused solely on landing the biggest fish they can possibly find. All right, everyone, a quick interruption from today's episode to talk about our sponsor, Hyperice. So Hyperace is one of the fastest growing companies in sports. You've probably seen their products by now, but they are the official recovery technology partner of the NBA, MLB, PGA Tour, and UFC. And a bunch of different athletes all around the world are using their stuff, like Patrick Mahomes, Erling Holland, people like that. Now, I'm super pumped about this partnership for one reason. I've been using Hyperice products for years. I use their massage gun and their heated back wrap several times each week. Anytime I have a tough workout or my back's hurting me a little bit, I throw it on and it is a game changer for my health and wellness. I think the coolest part for me personally is that I can use the same stuff that professional athletes are using. The same thing that Patrick Mahomes uses on the sideline to loosen up his muscles, I can use at home. The same thing Erlen Holland uses on his back to loosen it up before bed, I can use at home. I think that's absolutely incredible and I highly recommend their stuff. So the best part is, they are giving all of you, my podcast listeners, 15% off your order. So start recovering like a professional athlete today. Go to hyperice.com and use code Joe, 15, for 15% off your order. That's Joe, J-O-E, 15, all caps, at hyperice.com. 15% off your order. Let's get back to today's episode. So I've heard Michael Schwimmer talk a few different times now, and he always says this one quote, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but essentially what he says is, 
we're a venture capital firm, right? If you invest in 10 startups and one or two of them becomes Facebook or Google, you are doing really, really, really well. I would argue that if you're investing in startups and 20% of your companies turn out to be Facebook or Google, you're the best investor of all time. But you get the point, right? They're going for the biggest fish possible, knowing that 70 to 80% of these people are never going to make it to the major leagues. And they just want the biggest stars they could possibly find because those people are going to return the whole fund. And I'll give you an example. The perfect example is Fernando Tatis Jr. He was one of just 77 players that accepted a deal from Big League Advantage in 2017. So in 2017, Big League Advantage went out and they spent $26 million on 77 players. And one of those players was Fernando Tatis Jr. And the rumor is, according to the Associated Press, that he got a $500,000 payment, an estimated $500,000 upfront cash payment in exchange for 8% of all future MLB earnings. Now, the interesting part about this is there's a bunch of different reasons why people do this. Ellie De La Cruz is a good example, right? He was only signed for $65,000 in 2018. We're in 2023 now, and he's finally made it to the major leagues. So a guy like that, who is earning minimal amounts of money in the minor leagues, maybe he has family he needs to take care of, maybe there's other circumstances that we don't know about, a loan or, or a cash upfront payment like this in exchange for revenue sharing could possibly make sense, right? The thing that's interesting about Fernando Tatis Jr. is that he actually had a $700,000 signing bonus with the White Sox, but he was only 17 at the time. And in single A, where he was, he was only making about $10,000 a year. So Fernando Tatis Jr. accepts the deal with BLA, and he spends the money, he claims, on a personal trainer, better food, and a better apartment. But fast forward to 2021, so we'll call it four years later, big league advantage came calling. That's because Fernando Tatis Jr. agreed to a massive 14-year, $340 million deal with the San Diego Padres, and big league advantage's 8% cut of that deal meant that Fernando Tatis Jr., owed them $27.2 million in earnings. So this is a direct quote from Michael Schwimmer to the Associated Press right after that deal was announced. Schwimmer said, It's really a testament to our modeling capabilities and how well we've been able to predict the success of minor leaguers. When we did a deal with Fernando Tatis Jr., he wasn't a top 50 prospect on anybody's list. And here, our number said he was the second best player in the last 15 years, including Mike Trout, Bryce Harper, and all these guys. That's what our modeling told us. It was actually a really scary thing, investing the amount of money we invested in it. It was a sizable portion of our fund. But at the end of the day, we decided to trust the numbers and trust the process. And it really, really worked out. And here's the craziest part about the Fernando Tatis Jr. deal. And it gives you a little bit of insight into the Big League Advantage business model. So Big League Advantage invested $26 million across 77 players out of its first fund. So that first fund that they raised uh, they raised $26 million and they went out and they invested that in 77 players. So Tatis Jr.'s $500,000 check represented just 2% of the deployed capital of that fund. But with Tatis Jr. returning $27.2 million to Big League Advantage over the term of his contract, the company's entire fund one was covered by his deal alone. And the remaining 76 players that they agreed to deals with are essentially gravy on top, right? So again, let me explain that. Big League Advantage's first fund that they raised was $26 million, and they ended up investing that in 77 different players. And out of that 77 players, Fernando Tatis was obviously just one of those players. His $500,000 check represented just 2% of the capital, 
but ended up returning $27.2 million, which is $1.2 million more than the entire fund. And it means that the 76 other players and their agreements were essentially just gravy on top, right? Whatever uh, big league advantage got in return for those players was gravy. It was good, right? They already made the money back for the fund. Now everything on top of that is return for their its investors. So big league advantage's early success has led to increased interest over the last few years. This has enabled the investment firm to raise two additional funds. They raised a $130 million fund second after the $26 million fund, and their third fund is $250 million. What is that? That's slightly over $400 million. $26 million for the first fund, $130 million for the second fund, and $250 million for the third fund. They keep getting bigger and bigger. But also, Big League Advantage has added some very reputable investors to the company's cap table. So I'm going to read off a few names from their cap table, and it'll give you a good idea of not only who's investing in the firm, but the type of people Big League Advantage is attracting. First up is Paul DePodesta. He's a Cleveland Browns executive. He's worked in baseball for several years. He's a moneyball guy. He's a stats guy. He's an analytics guy. He invested from a blind trust. So it's not even clear kind of like if he has any involvement in the business day to day, but he is an investor in the business. He gave them money and capital in one of their funds. Secondly, we have Bill Miller. He is the chairman and CIO of Leg Mason Capital Management. Next is Stephen Dunker. He is a former partner at Goldman Sachs. After that, we have Marvin Bush, who is the brother of former President George W. Bush, right? So you get a theme here, right? There's a bunch of different kind of wealthy people. There's investment people. There's sports people. It's all over the gambit, but it's people who are interested in investing in the future of athletes, right? And Big League Advantage isn't just using this money, this additional capital, we'll call it you know, $400 plus million at this point, to double down on its minor league baseball investment strategy. Instead, they're doing a couple other things too. In addition to baseball, they're now venturing into new lines of business, like NIL deals with college football and basketball players. This past year, for example, Big League Advantage signed NIL deals with Clemson defensive end Miles Murphy and Georgia outside linebacker Nolan Smith. Both of those players received a cash payment up front in exchange for between 1% to 10% of their future NFL earnings. Now, look, I'm, I'm being coy here because we don't know the exact terms of these deals, but we all know how this works by now. I just explained it. They get a cash payment up front and BLA takes anywhere between 1% to 10% of their future earnings. So those are the deals that they agreed to. Now, there's a couple stipulations when it comes to the NIL deal specifically. Big League Advantage requires a lawyer to be present to review the contract before signing for all college athletes. And since it's part of an NIL deal, the players also agreed by contract to one social media post per month, two player appearances, and two content shoots. And with both of these players going in the first round of this year's NFL draft, Miles Murphy went 28th overall and Nolan Smith went 30th overall. They are set to owe big league advantage between $120,000, which would represent 1% of their contract, to $1.2 million, which would represent 10% of their contract on their rookie deals alone. So again, let me just make sure we all understand this correctly. We're over audio here, so I just want to make sure we're all on the same page and you guys are all grasping this. They're now doing NIL deals in addition to the baseball deals that they're doing. Their two biggest deals in year one were with Miles Murphy, who's a defensive end out of Clemson, and Georgia outside linebacker Nolan Smith. Both of these players receive cash up front from Big League Advantage in exchange for 1% to 10% of their future NFL earnings. A lawyer is required to be present to review the contract for each of these athletes before signing. The players also agree by contract to do one social media post for the company per month, 
two player appearances and two content shoots for Big League Advantage. And since they agreed to these deals, and both these players ended up going in the first round, 28th and 30th overall, respectively, they are set to owe Big League Advantage between $120,000 to $1.2 million on their rookie deals alone, right? So those are the NIL deals. But I want to run through a few here. Big League Advantage has a site on the part on their website where they list out a couple different athletes that they work with. Not all of these deals are public. Michael Schwimmer actually noted last year that there were seven players in the MLB All-Star game that they have agreements with. But of course, they wouldn't name these players. And we actually only knew about like one or two of them at the time. So there's probably a bunch of people too that just don't want this to be public and don't want to talk about it. So they are not willing to allow Big League Advantage to market their name. But the ones that we do know about is a pretty interesting list. First up is obviously Fernando Tatis Jr., MLB All-Star, two-time Silver Slugger winner, Huge, huge, huge contract with the San Diego Padres. Obviously, he's got some other stuff going on with suspensions and stuff like that. But on his deal alone, he's going to owe BLA $27.2 million. Jazz Chisholm Jr., he's also an MLB All-Star. Based on his current contract right now, which will change over time, he will owe BLA $23,000 to $232,000, depending on if it's 1% or up to 10%. Again, Nolan Smith, Miles Murphy, I just told you about them. And Ellie De La Cruz, he's an MLB rookie, and he will owe them, based on his 10%, $45,290,000 on his rookie deal alone. Obviously, if he continues playing the way that he will, I already mentioned it, barring injuries, he will be getting paid a lot, a lot, a lot of money. So that's not the end of what we've heard there for BLA. But just because Big League Advantage seems to be making a decent return for its investors, that doesn't mean everyone is happy with how they run their business. MLB super agent Scott Boris has accused Big League Advantage of intentionally targeting talented players from Latin America who don't receive large signing bonuses. This is a direct quote from Boris to the Associated Press. He says, Few, if any, top American talents who receive large signing bonuses would ever consider these terms. The idea of giving millions in lump sums to players is the justification of candy used to attract and compel players to give up the huge percentages of their careers. That solely benefits Big League Advantage. And another good example is Francisco Mejia. He even sued Big League Advantage in 2018, claiming that the firm took advantage of his financial illiteracy, his desperation because he wanted cash to fund medical treatment for his mom in the Dominican Republic, and his youth when he signed an agreement at 20 years old that exchanged 10% of his future MLB earnings for $360,000 in cash. Now, if you look at Mejia's career earnings, He's earned $5.4 million as a catcher. Big league advantages 10% cut would come out to $541,000. So it's almost more impactful for him, right? $5.4 million is a lot of money in earnings, but he's not going to be playing forever. And that's a significant portion of that money, $541,000, even though it comes out to just 10%. Although Francisco Mejia later dropped the lawsuit and issued an apology stating, I do not believe big league advantage has ever deceived me. All of my interactions with big league advantage and specifically Michael Schwimmer, have been very professional and respectful. I believe that Big League Advantage offers a great option for all minor league players and one that worked for me and helped me focus on baseball and fulfill my dream of reaching the major leagues. I apologize to Big League Advantage for filing the complaint. But the real question is, where does this go from here, right? On one hand, Big League Advantage and its investors say that these deals aren't predatory because the firm requires independent lawyers to review each deal and 70 to 80% of the players don't make it to the major leagues and therefore never have to pay any money back. But on the other hand, you have players like Fernando Tatis Jr., who ended up accepting a $500,000 payment 
in exchange for $27.2 million in future earnings. One solution, of course, is to increase wages so these types of deals aren't necessary. And Major League Baseball, to be fair, has started to move in that direction. They doubled pay across the minor leagues this season, and they've updated housing and transportation options. So if you play in low A, your salary went from $11,000 last year to $26.2K this year. High A, again, $11,000 to $27,000. Double A, almost $14,000 to $30,000. Triple A, $17.5K to nearly $36,000. You're now also getting private bedrooms for all double A and triple A players. And you're getting you're getting access to housing for spouses and children of players as well, right? So the standard of living in the minor leagues has picked up drastically over the, even the last year, but the average minor leaguer still makes less than thirty thousand dollars annually, and Major League Baseball has a long way to go before players aren't dependent on either a signing bonuses or b outside funding like revenue sharing agreements. The perfect example that I used earlier is De La Cruz. We saw what happened there. He signed for $65,000 in 2018. You know, he's got stuff to do, right? You're getting, what's he getting paid? It was before, it was $13,000, $14,000, $15,000 in the minor leagues for the entire year. He's got family to take care of and stuff like that. That $65,000 is not going to last him one year, never mind five years before he gets upgraded to a new deal in the major leagues. So this option is what a lot of players are turning to. And given the fact that 500 plus players have accepted these deals, it's obviously something that has become relatively popular, but that doesn't mean that it's right, right? I mean, if you think about what problems exist today, this problem doesn't just exist in baseball. Let's look at golf, for example. I know for sure there's businesses, there's families, there's friends, there's wealthy patrons, there's golf members, friends, whatever it is, that routinely invest in young golfers for a percentage of future earnings. This happens in Formula One. There was actually a lawsuit recently with Nick DeVries, the driver for AlphaTauri, who was uh, given a loan on the, on the pretense that he would be giving back money in exchange if he made it to Formula One. There was a time limit on that loan, though, is what I read, which was like, say it was 2022, he makes it there in 2023, so he doesn't believe he owes any money. The investor is saying that he was actually in Formula One because he was a reserve driver with Mercedes, so the clock started, right? So there's some nuance to this debate, but my point is simple, right? It happens in golf. It happens in Formula One. And speculative investing has been happening in boxing for decades at this point, right? This is nothing new at all. But that doesn't mean a better solution doesn't exist. We just have to find it. All right, everyone, that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I know I had a bunch of fun writing about it and podcasting about it, and I learned a bunch myself. And my guess is that this is really just the beginning. As these investment funds raise more money and do more deals, I'm sure we will be hearing more about them in the future. But please remember, I asked two things of each of you that are listening to the podcast. Number one, share this with your friends if you enjoyed it. And number two, please leave a review on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you're listening to this episode. Thank you again, as always, and we'll talk on Friday.